Well, hello and welcome to the Rock and Roll Football Euro 2020 podcast. It's a pleasure to be back. I'm Matt Ford. It's Euro 2020. He's Matt Dyson. And so am I. Yeah! <laughs> Still am. Oh, my word. Dyson, it's so great to be back. This is the first major tournament we've covered on the show. That's nice, isn't it? And we're, we're really going up in the world in terms of guests as well, aren't we? We're getting some big hitters on the show now. Sven, Rio. Um, you know, we tried to get a member of Goldie Looking Chain, but we didn't. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's by the by. You know, we've got the big names. To be fair, trying to get a Welsh fan for half time was always a big old ask. Um, it was a big ask, yeah. They were watching the game. The great thing is we didn't mention it on air, so no one was disappointed. Um, we haven't mentioned <laughs> it on the yeah. podcast, so no one's going to oh. know. Oops. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yes, on today's show, not only can you relive the thrill of Wales' opening game of Euro 2020 with Dyson and I, but we also have extended bonus interviews with Sven Joran Eriksson and Rio Ferdinand, both of whom were absolutely brilliant, and some fantastic stories, Dyson. Oh, yeah, some really good ones about things people have done to their bodies in the name of football. Very nice. You've made it sound very different to the conversation <laughs> she has. Ways that people have used their bodies when no one else is around. Uh, no, come on. Private moments. <laughs> not to football. Come on, I hope not. You're listening to the Private Moments podcast. With... I don't know why it's Australian. I tried to go Graham Torrington there. You're listening to Private Moments. Oh, yeah. Late Night Love. Nice. Good shout. Today's guest on Private Moments is Matt Dyson. <laughs> Matt, what do you do in your private moments? Well, let me tell you. Um, I, no, I'm not going to reveal any more information. I'll save it. Save it for another podcast. Of course, <laughs> private moments, the finest soldier I ever served with. Uh, oh, yeah, he was a great guy. Good old private moments. <laughs> he really... Uh, sadly, was asked to leave the army for... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inappropriate behaviour on yeah, private moments. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they said he was going to go blind. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Enjoy the podcast. Brace yourselves. It's time for the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. That was the Stereophonics. And before that, the Manic Street Preachers. We're feeling Welsh today, and Wales are currently drawing nil nil with Switzerland. Welcome to the first rock and roll football of Euro 2020. It is finally here. I'm Matt Ford. And the heavy breathing that you can hear down the line <laughs> comes from... Uh, hello. <laughs> that, hello, Fordy, is that you? That, the telltale grunting of Matt Dyson. <laughs> Dyson, how are you? Oh, what, a, what a lovely Welsh start to the show that was. Very good. Local boy in a photograph. It doesn't get much more Welsh and summery, does it? Perfect. No, so, so exciting. Obviously, we've been building up to this tournament for well over a year because you get excited that it's about to happen then it gets postponed then we go through all that yeah. again so it's finally here just watching the Italy game last night I don't know if you saw it but just watching yes. some football was so happy That's so so nice to see international football didn't you have tickets to some of the original games I did have tickets to some of the original games yeah. I lost all the tickets to the original games yeah right yeah. but I now have tickets to every <gasps> England group game do you? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So oh. I shouldn't, you know what? I feel bad oh, for, I wouldn't have mentioned so it if you, if you didn't ask because I feel bad for well, you. Well, no, I saw you were asking about, I saw you were asking about tickets on the socials. Yeah. I'm delighted that you've got some. You Amazing. Know what? I would just say this that actually, um, uh, I, I did tweet about it because I just thought, you know what? I really want to go and it's really hard to get tickets. And two people I'd never met before through social media sold me their spare tickets for face value. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that's really yeah. good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, really, restores really good. your faith in humanity. That Absolutely. does lovely. Yeah, so two two very helpful chaps have uh, made sure that I'm going to those games. Anyway, oh, I'm just sitting nice. bragging because <laughs> most people can't go and I realise that that's bad. But the tournament is underway. Football is here. It might be coming home and here to preview an amazing <laughs> summer of international football featuring Wales, England and Scotland. It's Matt Dyson. Yes, the tournament that is set in the past is now underway. Euro 2020 <laughs> still struggling to come to terms with UEFA's decision to stick with that name, even though it's taking place in 2021. It was delayed because of COVID, we get that, but it's now 2021, so surely it should be named after the year in which it takes place. 2020 was the 60th anniversary of the tournament, so that's why they say, but it's 2021 now. The most likely reason Let is that all the branding and merch 
merchandise has been made. Yeah. The overpaid PR agency. We printed the posters, isn't the, it? The 2020 logo. So it seems a shame to waste all their hard work, doesn't it? <laughs> so now we just have to transport ourselves back to last summer. The Ooh. super spreader concept of Eat Out to Help Out. That drama about coughing on who wants to be a millionaire on the telly. And the nation was missing football. Well, finally, it is here. The opening ceremony took place in Italy ahead of their win against Turkey last night. Ness and Dorma blasting out as a ballet dancer floated away attached to a bunch of massive helium-filled balloons. <laughs> it was like up meets Black Swan at the Stadio <laughs> Olimpico in Rome. Uh, the ball was also delivered onto the pitch on a little remote-controlled car. Not sure if that was a one-off or if that's happening before every game. It wasn't quite as entertaining as the Italy squad announcement TV show, though. That had it all. Live music, dancing, rap battles with the players and Roberto Mancini playing tennis with a frying pan. British teams are missing a trick. Uh, speaking of UK involvement, Wales are already underway in their opening match against Switzerland. Bale's beautiful man bun beaming in Baku as Gareth captains his country in Azerbaijan. The hairstyle allegedly used to cover up a bald spot, now a national symbol of hope ah. as the Welsh underdogs plan another run in another major tournament. As back home, the male voice choirs sing their hearts out at their local Eisteddfords, willing the boys on, as we are too on the return of everyone's favourite music and football radio show, partly because there aren't any others and partly because <laughs> we'll of the it. strength of the Ken's Got Goal Alert. That'll be coming up soon. We'll keep a welcome in the hillsides. We'll keep a welcome in the vales. This land you knew will still be singing when you come home again to rock and roll football. Yes! Oh, Dyson, that's our equivalent of the national anthem now. Oh, yeah, you can sit down now. You can sit down now. The whole thing. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, it's great to be back. It's great to be on while one of the home nations is playing. Wales, Switzerland is ten minutes gone, but it's still nil nil. Wales starting very, very brightly, by the way. And on today's show, we are also joined by two titans of international football: Rio Ferdinand and Sven Joran Eriksson. Oh yes. Plus, we will be coming to you, sort of, but not really, live from today's host city, Baku, in Azerbaijan. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. Still nil-nil between Wales and Switzerland, but Wales starting very, very brightly indeed. Of course, it's their first game today, so we're planning something very special for after the match. If Wales beat Switzerland this afternoon, then Chris Kamara is going to take over Absolute Radio after full time. He'll be playing his Euros Party playlist from five, featuring an hour of Welsh anthems. Yes, you'll get Stereophonics and the Manics, and of course, Sir Tom Jones will get a spin. So listen, from five... Today, if Wales win, which is obviously, we are all... Oh, they've had a great chance then. Wales, lovely header, great save from the Swiss goalkeeper. Really Wales knocking on that door, aren't Wales they, Fordy? Are banging on that door early. Um, <laughs> so, in the build-up to this tournament, I always make myself a playlist, and, of course, I love World in Motion, Three Lions, We're on the Ball by Anson Deck, and then just other oh, songs yeah. that are kind of in the football world, you know, Tom Grennan and... Um, the, all the sort of Sky Sports type music and a bit of Oasis oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway, and I collect autographs and things like that. And I've talked about that, obviously, my eBay obsession during lockdown, buying autographs yeah. of former prime ministers. But I just yeah. thought, you know what I thought this week? I remember having Three Lions on tape and I never yeah. bought it on CD. And I thought, oh, you know... I'm not showing off when I say this, but I've met Frank Skinner, right? I know. Yeah, yeah I, right. It always blows my mind. I'm like, he wrote, him and Badil co-wrote Three Lions. It's in, I always, even though I know they did it, there's part of me that's always like, it's incredible that it would be like if Harry Hill wrote Don't Look Back in Anger. You're like, hang on. <laughs> How that? Yes, it is a bit weird, isn't it, now you mention it? it. There's yeah, something about it. I, yeah, I never fully Comedians becoming songwriters like that so effortlessly. Seems yeah, like it wouldn't, ha- it wouldn't happen again, would it? No, and the words are so big. Like they're, they're, We still sing them. Like it's, The legacy of that song is massive anyway. I thought, you know what? I'll buy Three Lions on eBay and I'll ask him to sign it. So I bought the CD for like ah, two quid. And yeah. then I just thought... Should I ask, or is it a bit awkward to go, oh, Frank, would you sign the CD? So I just thought, you know what? <laughs> Nothing bad. I'll just text him. So last Saturday, he said, yeah, yeah, pop round. Last Saturday, I came round to oh, his house, right? What? And wow. um, it was one of the most amazing <laughs> experiences of my life. So 
I, I go around, and then we just sit in his garden for hours just talking about football and oh, just all sorts oh, of things. And then lovely. he goes, and I hadn't even considered this, right? Although I obviously had it at the back of my mind. He goes, David Baddiel lives on the same street. We should pop no, round. What? And no I was way. Like, well, I don't, I don't really know David as well. Get so. both signatures. <laughs> so what? Literally, me and Frank Skinner. He lives ten doors up from Frank Skinner, literally on the same street. So then we go and call for David Baddiel. His wife answers the door. And Skinner's like, Skinner goes, "All right, yeah, I've brought some political comedian. Matt Hall, <laughs> he wants to get his Three Lions CD signed." That's all right. Amazing. So says, David Baddiel's there, like cooking dinner. I was like, "Man, I'm so sorry about." Oh my lord! Just there, like just a fat boy. Yeah, just like, oh, uh, wow. can you sign a CD, please? He's literally whisking egg whites. I was like, uh, "Would you mind signing the CD?" Please? Oh wow. Wow, that's amazing. Like, that's oh. amazing. But it was it was slightly more to mind, but I walked back listening to Three Lions thinking oh. But I'm so glad I asked because in life so many people go, Oh, it's yes. too awkward and then you always regret it. And now I have three lions signed by Skinner that and Brody. That is amazing. And afterwards did you get an Uber round tea in Brody's house as well or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> I have kind of like messaged him on Twitter and he hasn't replied. Have you? Oh, yeah. oh, oh not replied. So if anyone knows Ian Brody from the Lightning Seeds, it's kind of like a complete <laughs> thing now. Yeah, it is. But you oh, know what? Wow. I just thought, what an omen for the tournament that the Saturday before the tournament starts. That is, yeah, that's I'm really with, good positive, isn't it? Skinner yeah. and Badil, who are basically like that's the amazing. Elgar and Wordsworth of <laughs> <laughs> modern football. Oh, that's a lovely story. See the absolute radio family. You see, we're very close. We're all very close. Us on us to the on-air team, aren't we? Just pop round whenever you want. Exactly. Well, I tell you who is going to be popping round later in the show, and this is incredible. Former England manager Sven Joran Eriksson. Oh yeah. Rio Ferdinand. It's a Euro 2020 special. Rock and roll football with Ladbrokes. Be the boss with five aside this summer. Pick your formation and select your players at Ladbrokes.com. 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. Still nil nil. Wales, Switzerland in that Group A fixture. The first of the home nations in action in Euro 2020. Wales got to a very bright start. Switzerland just starting to dominate a little bit now, but we have a very big treat for you. Earlier in the week, I met former England manager Sven Joran Eriksson, had a brilliant chat with him, and I began by asking him how today's squad, managed by Southgate, compares to some of the ones that he managed. I think this squad is as good as uh, the one we had at that time when I was in charge. We had a very good team, especially 2006. I think we should have done better and we could have won it, I thought. And it's the same today. I think England can compete with the absolutely the best ones. And if you ask me who is a big favorite, I don't think there is a big favorite. Maybe France a little bit because they won the World Cup, the last one. But um, yeah, England is one of four, maybe five. You have France, you have England, you have Germany, Belgium, Spain, of course, Italy. So I think it will be a very tight race. And that's good for football. It is. Um, I'd rather it was a a less tight race and good for England, but uh, (laughs) I have to convince myself it's good for football. How do you feel towards England now then, Sven? Do you you still look out for our results? Does a part of you still feel an affection for England? Of course, I hope that uh, England can win a big tournament like the Euro now. Uh, it should be great for, for, for the fans. That should be absolutely uh, yeah, fantastic to see. And I think they have the chance, as I said. I follow England, yes, and part of my heart is still English, of course. But uh, if you... If you play the final England Sweden, I'm not sure that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very. I mean, we had to play Sweden a couple of times when you were England manager. That must be. And we never, and we never won. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't remind people about that. I think we lost once and had three or four draws. Uh, Sweden is a difficult one for England, but recently, was it last World Cup or was it? Uh, yes, it was. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. England final. beat Sweden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yes, that was it. Was good to sort of finally get over that. I remember Joe Cole's goal against Sweden was absolutely incredible. That one from the edge of the box where he chests yes. it and scores yes. from miles out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people remember Euro two thousand and four. Obviously, in England, we reminisce a lot about sixty six, ninety, and ninety six, and maybe twenty eighteen once we've all grown up a bit more. <laughs> um, but two thousand and four felt like things really came together, particularly the game against Croatia. And obviously we play Croatia um, in a few days' time. <clears throat> Rooney at that point must have been an absolute joy to manage. He was fantastic in that tournament and he was uh, hungry. He was very fit, no injuries. And uh, yeah, he was very young as well, of course. And uh, he made the difference. there, And it was a pity that we were knocked out there. Um and penalties but yeah that's it we can't cry about that today <laughs> no no it was it was metatarsal injuries that were all the rage back in those days it was and uh, i mean even even in the extra time we scored a goal against uh, portugal i remember i think it was Saul campbell who that's right it. and maybe it should have been a goal but um, we will never have that, so we can forget it. <laughs> we can. It was Portugal then. We lose them in 2004 and 2006. It's funny yeah. how football throws up these narratives, these rivalries. Against Portugal and on penalties. Twice. It was so hard to take. I thought actually the 2006 one felt harder to take. It felt like we were closer to something at that point. Absolutely for me, because I thought that we could beat any team. At that time, I couldn't see any team better than England. Italy won it, but I don't think England, uh, Italy had a better team than England. And Spain was not at the best, Germany, so and so. So before the tournament and during the tournament, I was sure we will reach the final here. And then Portugal and penalties again. <laughs> uh, we should have done better there. And I think during my time, we were ready. Uh, we had the experience, we had the players to do it, but um, we didn't. But then we were unlucky as well. We played one hour, 10 against 11, and on that level, that's, that's hard. It was very hard. I mean, why, sometimes, luck plays such a huge part in these things. And of course, these tournaments are only every two years. They're, they're not actually that frequent. So your opportunity to, to win something when you're playing other world-class elite teams with stars like Ronaldo... It's very, very hard. But why don't you think, I mean, you've you managed England quite a while ago now. So you've got a good perspective on the things that came before you, the things you saw and experienced and that you could change and the things that have followed. Why don't you think England have even got to a final since 66? <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of other good countries playing good football as well. But I, 2002, when we lost against Brazil in Japan, Korea. I think nothing to say about that. Brazil were better than we. So I didn't, uh, I didn't feel, uh, well, it was unlucky because they scored good, but I thought they were better. But the, uh, the other two tournaments, I think we could uh, reach a final, both, because the difference between us and the, the countries who won it was... Nothing, nothing at all. But that's life. You you have to have a little bit of luck. Well, it felt like we got our luck in 2018. I think we rode our luck a little bit all the way yeah, to the yeah, semi final. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that was good. You did a very good uh, tournament there, and uh, I think you can do it again, or you can even do better now. Oh, I hope so. I want it so much. <laughs> I want it so much, Fred. But when you well, when you look at Southgate as a manager, obviously you had a far more impressive CV when you took the England job th than Southgate does. But he's he's done very well. I mean, to those of us that haven't played the game professionally or worked in it professionally, what's your assessment of him as an international manager? Yeah, he's doing a great job. Has done so since he got it. And I mean, uh, semi-final lost and... Uh, I, I, you cannot be sure in football, but I think they will reach at least semi-final again. They will win the group, and then uh, I think, then if they win the group, 
the next game will be a little bit tricky. Yeah. It can be France, Germany, or Spain. No, France, Germany, or Portugal. I think Portugal, Portugal. Yeah, you're right. And that's a tricky one, of course. But if, when you pass that one, you you will win it. If you pass there, I think oh. you have great oh, chance to. Dreaming already. <laughs> these are these are big tasks, of course. Beating Portugal would be a, a huge, yeah. huge task. Um, one of the challenges that you faced, and you were the first England manager to face it, and really only you and Fabio Capello have faced this, is being a foreign manager and all the pressure that goes with that from particularly the tabloids and perhaps certain elements of the public, but also being able to communicate with your players. I mean, your English was always very good. Did you brush up on your English before you took the job? Yes, I did, because uh, like all Swedes, we studied English in school when we were uh, kids. But uh, I had never worked in an English-spoken uh, country, so my English was not good. So I took lessons before and uh, in the beginning at the job. So I was a little bit nervous, not a little bit, I was nervous to start to speak uh, press conferences and... Uh, uh, to the players, 25 players, and you're standing there and you're not fluent in, in and press conferences. I remember in the beginning, I couldn't understand some of the questions. And of course, if they wanted to uh, not be kind to me, it was very easy for them to put <laughs> difficult questions. So I had some help in the beginning there. And uh, it's always like that. If you don't speak the language in the country you live, you are a little bit handicapped and um, not a little bit, a lot, I would say. So language, when you come to a new country, is very, very, very important. And I remember 82, I studied Portuguese and it was an old fashioned way to do it. A lot of grammatic and extremely boring. <laughs> and, uh, but I had to do it because that was my job. So I learned it. But I mean, today, how you learn languages today, if you compare with that time, that's totally different. Uh, I tried it when I was in China and I loved it. It's great fun. It's not a lot of grammatic. It's a lot about talking, uh, listening, repeating and things like that. And you have in England, you have uh, Rosetta Stone, which is yes. a fantastic uh, school for learning new languages and I wished that I had that 82 when when I moved further on to Italy but I haven't but today it's easier to learn a new language much easier it's the sort of thing I think some people have done it during lockdown particularly with something like Rosetta Stone where they've bought the CDs or I guess it's online now and they can do it <laughs> uh, it's the sort of thing I've always thought I should have just done a Rosetta Stone in Italian or Mandarin or Swedish or something and never yes. got around to it. I mean, is it, is it as easy as people who use it say it is? Well, I think it's much easier today than it was. And also, it depends how your motivation is. Do you really want to do it? Then you will do it. But if you are so-and-so and a little bit lazy, no. <laughs> <laughs> then you have to be a good student, I guess. Well, of key. course, like everything in life, if you do things half and half, it will not be a good end result normally you have to burn for it or you have to do it and you have to like it i guess one of the other challenges you faced and I, I don't know if sweden's different in this regard but we have a lot of accents here in england for a small island people speak the language in a range of accents david beckham sounds completely different to wayne rooney <laughs> and jamie Carragher, and that's before you factor in scotland and wales and ireland what accents a bit of a challenge for you as well yeah of course Steven Gerard, Carragher, and above all, Rooney. I couldn't understand a word they said at the beginning. So I asked Rooney, take it in English, please, I said to him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Beckham said, don't worry, boss, he said, I don't understand him neither. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Rooney was talking. A fantastic language on the pitch. <laughs> oh, he was at that point. You know, we're, we're all excited about Foden and Grealish, Kane, obviously so many others, Rashford and Sterling, and um, 
Gascoigne, obviously, is the English player that everyone no. talks back to. But Rooney was, you know, in between Gascoigne and this period, Rooney really was the, the player that excited the fans more than any of the others. And in a team full of stars like Lampard and Gerrard, Carragher, Ferdinand, mm. Beckham, Owen, Cole, why do you think Rooney stood out so much for fans? Well, first of all, he was very young when he started. He was 17, I think he was, when he made his first England cap. And it was, was that against Turkey? Yeah, but he played one half against Australia, a friendly, ah, some, right. some weeks before that game. But yeah, the, real, yes. the real start was Turkey, a qualification game at home, very important game. And he did very well. I think 17 years old, uh, and playing like he played. He was mature in his way of playing. He was physically very, very strong. I think he became extremely popular at once. Wow, what is this? Where shall, the, where shall this end up? How good will he be? So that helped. And then his way of, uh, of being, I mean, I joked before about how understanding and things, but Really, he talked on the pitch by doing things. And he was not afraid of anything. He, I remember the day before he should play against Turkey. I told him, Rooney, tomorrow you're going to start. Okay, he said, that's it. <laughs> and, I mean, a 17-year-old, he would be uh, worried maybe. Wow, thank you. Or, no, no. Okay, that, <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> wow. I should, yeah. So I, I think a lot of things. And then, I mean, he became uh, the best goals, goal scorer of United and also for England. I don't know if he still has that record or not. But So many, many years after, I saw that he got some critics now and then. And I couldn't understand. Best goal scorer of United, best goal scorer of England. And you criticise him. What do you want him to do? <laughs> Is that yeah, a uniquely I mean, uh, English thing, Sven? Now, you've managed all over the world. Is it different here with the tabloids and with the mindset? We, we often think that we're uniquely negative, that we pull people down here. Does it happen elsewhere? No, not uh, in the English way, no. Uh, I mean, if you talk about your private life, that will never happen in Italy or Portugal or what ha what's happening in England. And that's a pity, of course. But also that you that you, I mean, what did the media do with Beckham, 98, when he was sent off? And uh, I remember the referee, we had uh, Portugal, England, in the Euro 2004, when he didn't give us a goal. I mean, he stopped uh, refereeing. He was from Switzerland. Oh, six, yes. six, uh, six months after that. What's his name? Urs Meyer or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Six months after we that came, I I heard about it. So I phoned him up and asked him sorry about our media. Our, I said. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the children refused to go to school and things like that. And they put uh, they were came to his house and things like that. And very, very bad. And I think. Those things is unfortunately tabloids. And it's a pity because the English people are not like that. The English people are the opposite. They are good, big heart, they're friendly. I never heard a bad word from the fans during my time in England. So, and I don't think really that that uh, English people are that interested in uh, the private life of whoever it is, if it's uh, the, the royal families or whatever it is. So that's a pity. But England people, you are not like that. You, are, fun, you, are, the you are the opposite. The feeling is mutual. We still love you. One final <laughs> question. Is it coming home? Yes. You yes. have the chance. Yes, you have the chance. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, no injuries more, and hopefully, the players are not too tired after a long, 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 long season. Sven, this has been a real treat. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson.
Ken's got gout. There is a goal in the Wales-Switzerland game, Dyson. Oh, it's bad news for Wales. Very, very sad. I mean, to be fair, the Swiss have been on top for most of the game. And then Bolo has just scored a a goal from a corner, Shakiri corner. He headed it in quite easily. And they could be two or three up already, really, to be fair, Switzerland. And Wales losing 1-0 and looking like they could go out unless they turn it around quickly. Well, just as you were talking, then lose. I they mean, almost, yeah. yeah, yeah, they almost had a, a, a second one there. Not Switzerland. Them off just yet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Switzerland look really good. I, I mean, Wales have had like one chance, one header in the first half, but that's been about it. We're obviously rooting for Wales today. What Wales do have, of course, is Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. They are two world-class players, and with Bale on the pitch. There's always the chance that they can summon something from nothing. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. Wales have plenty of time to turn this round and have play, played very well in the first half. So it's, you know, at the moment they're under the cosh, um, but obviously could turn this round. Now, you may have seen that Phil Foden has dyed his hair silver in the week, which, of course, is reminiscent of Gazza's Blonde in 96, the Romanian squad uh, in 1998. So text us on 8 12, 15. When have you modified your body, whether dyeing your hair, getting a tattoo? <laughs> and tell us about the time it's gone wrong. Maybe you got a Liverpool tattoo and the tattooist misspelt it. Maybe you dyed your hair and they dyed it the wrong colour. Maybe some sort of piercing that went wrong. Dyson, have you ever done anything like this? <laughs> oh, I've, got, no, I've got no tattoos. I mean, I, I think I've, I vaguely remember painting some red trees on my cheeks for going to the uh, cup finals at Wembley. <laughs> 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 Don't tell me what the other oh forest was. <laughs> Got F on, on one on cheek all, and then rest on the other. I painted trees on all of my cheeks uh, for the big, big finals at Wembley back in the late 80s, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's the, that was about as far as it went. It was, I mean, not particularly, n- nothing long-term embarrassing. What about you? Have you? You know what? This is so tragic. Because I've got eczema, I've never worn face paint. Ah, because yes, the skin on my face is so fragile. I've occasionally worn makeup like for telly stuff and have to get it straight off. Because if you don't wear it, you look like a zombie because of HD telly. But uh, it yeah. really sets me off. So I've never, sadly, Dyson, never had the joy of painting my face for football. Oh, I mean, if we get shame. to the final... You know what? If anyone knows of any eczema-friendly face paints, because if we get to the final, <laughs> I would like to go full St George's. <laughs> you know what actually I almost got what am I I almost you know when we got promoted from League One this would have been the saddest tattoo ever we beat Youngville yeah. on the last game oh. of the season Forest I was mm. I had a season ticket that whole time and I was drunk by the end of the game I don't know why I was been I was drunk by the end of the game <laughs> towards the end I was like if we go up I'm getting a tattoo I'm going to get the Forest tattoo on my arm and I'd have done it had I not pitch invaded and got the match ball instead. So oh, I came wow. a ball from destiny. <laughs> That's not where I was going to get the tattoo. <laughs> but how close. Now I'd be here going, oh, my word, I got the forest tree at the top of my right arm. So I did come close. I mean, if England, if England win the tournament, would I get? A th- Will is shaking his head. I'm would looking to Nelson. He's 2020. also not looking at yeah. if, would, Should I England get the three, line, a three lines tattoo if we win it? <laughs> would you do it, Dyson? Uh, I'll, um, I'll, I'm not sure it's a great Why look. Would we commit ourselves? I mean, Why would we commit ourselves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not afraid of Europe for it in theory. Something maybe a bit smaller in some way, you know, where it's not really obvious all the time, perhaps. I've, yeah. I've got an idea of where you could get it if you want it small and not obvious. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, text us on 8, 12, 15, particularly if it's football related. But have you ever dyed your hair and it's gone wrong? Had a tattoo that has been... I mean, some of the old football tattoos you see with people. Oh, there was yeah, a bloke who worked in a pub ones. that I worked with in Nottingham and he said, oh yeah, I've got a forest tattoo. And it was like the forest tree, but it looked, it didn't look anything like the forest tree. Right, yeah, it was done like freehand. Yeah, yeah not using te- a stencil. I was like, where did you get that <laughs> done? But you have to go, oh yeah, that's cool. So bad yeah. tats, hair dyeing fails, um, face paint gone wrong, particularly if things are misspelled. Tell us on, text us, and indeed tell us on 812.15. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Texas on 81215, your body modification fails. Surely, a kind of, you know, when you'll get people have like Chinese or Japanese lettering, that's always got to be high risk, hasn't it? Yes, exactly. Because you Very can't be rarely. sure unless you know yeah. the language. <laughs> Very rarely do they know what it means. Yeah, it's true. Can I have it's, it's coming there. home, but in Sanskrit, please? Oh. I think it just, <laughs> just makes it classier. <laughs> We've got some amazing stories coming in, Dyson. 
Yeah, Jazz in Dudley says, when going for a cool gothic plum, I used an out-of-date box of colour and ended up with orange hair. Bad times for Jazz there. I didn't know that colour could go out of date. I just presumed yeah, it was so, so, like, full of it's stuff. Got, it's got used by date. The colour will drastically change if you use it after then. I mean, I guess there's a lucky dip element to that. I mean, if you've ever dyed your hair and it's come out the wrong colour, do let us know, 8, 12, 15. Because Phil Foden... It's not blonde, is it? I thought... Is he no, like, it's sort of grey, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's sort of a Aguero grey, really, isn't it? More than your uh, Gaza, yes, Gaza yes, yes. blonde. You no, know, you're right. But, um, it's a nice look. It's, no, it's a nice little nod to Gaza. Just on a side note, Christine in Norfolk's been in touch. She said, hi, you two. I just asked my other half what he wants for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> and his, her boyfriend, Paula, said, something light because England's playing. Is he in the secret squad? <laughs> I love that, just something light. He thinks he's going to yeah, get yeah. called up. Big game. Paula Big game. Norfolk, don't want to be full. <laughs> <laughs> Do let us know, by the way, your, your build-up for these games. Whoa, Wales on a 17 equaliser there, Dyson. Really good chance of Ben Davis, that from the edge of the box, rifled. It just went over. Very close, though. They almost thought they might come back into this now, Wales. This thing's picking up for them. Banging on the door, a good half hour left. We will keep you updated fully on Wales versus Switzerland. But text us on 8-12-15, one of tattoos, face painting, hair dyeing. Tell us about the times it's gone wrong. Rock and roll football with Ladbrokes. Be the boss with five aside this summer. Pick your formation and select your players at Ladbrokes.com. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. Ken's got gout. A massive goal in the Wales yes. game, Dyson! It's an equaliser for Wales. It's one all. It's Moore, <laughs> who injured his head in the first half with their first decent chance, and he scored the second decent chance for Wales. It's one all. Game on. And he scores with his injured head. He does, yeah. He's wearing his big red headband as well, but he's not scared about touching that little cut underneath there. He's heading it as hard as he can. And it's come off and Wales are back in it in Baku. This is absolutely thrilling. There's about 15 minutes left in this first game for a home nation. Wales won, Switzerland won. And Wales are probably going to think, Dyson, firstly, not only do they have to try and win this, really, given the group they're in, but they could absolutely take all three points here. Oh, certainly now. What, 15 minutes to go? They've got the bit between their teeth, Forty. Come on, Wales. We're all supporting Wales this afternoon. We are indeed. We're supporting all the home nations throughout this tournament, by the way. England, Wales and Scotland. It's absolutely thrilling. And of course, next Saturday we'll have played so many games. England and Scotland and Wales will have all played twice. And of course, the Friday night before we're back on, England, Wales oh, at Wembley. Yeah. Absolutely oh, yeah. thrilling. Your return to alcohol as well, isn't it? Your much, uh, well, much you know wanted what? return to alcohol. I'm, I'm going to do it tomorrow because I, just oh, thought, I thought there's only a few days in it. It's 200 <laughs> days since I had a beer. OK, right. and, fair enough. Um, I just thought, you know, I'm going to Wembley for the game to have a beer yeah. at Wembley, a very patriotic return. Oh, and maybe that. Hopefully if I have a gout flare, that's not an omen for the tournament. But, no. um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've realised actually this could be a, a terrible mistake doing it in this way. But anyway, <laughs> Wales have pulled one back. It's an explosive start to Euro 2020 here on Rock and Roll Football. Text us on 8-12-15. Your body modification fails. Have you dyed your hair the wrong colour by mistake? A misspelt tattoo? A face paint? Maybe it got in your eye. I don't know. This is getting worse as I try and... <laughs> face paint in your eye. Yeah, don't text us about those stories. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it does sting, though. Yeah. You know, but, uh... It's not really quite big enough, really, for what we're talking about here. We've got some amazing uh, messages here. A couple of those in a sec. Matt, Matt, and you. Rock and roll football. This is an absolutely thrilling game between Wales and Switzerland. It could go either way, Dyson. It really is end-to-end with 10 minutes to go. And one all at this stage. Very exciting end to the game. Absolutely thrilling. And just a lovely cutaway there of Aaron Ramsey smiling. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah, that's it nice, It's such it? a yeah. simple thing. But you know these high-pressure games, just to see like, players <laughs> yeah. actually it's enjoying playing It's just nice to see him football. enjoying himself. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's, so just many... a, it's just a fun game to play, isn't it? You know, just enjoy it. Exactly. So many funny stories about people's hair dyeing or tattoos going wrong. Keep them coming in on 8, 12, 15. Um, someone here says, my husband-to-be has some Chinese symbols on his arm. I knew we'd get at least yes. one Chinese yeah. symbol. Yeah. <laughs> no idea what they mean, but all I do know is every time we go to a Chinese restaurant, we get laughed at. 
To the point where the waiter got everyone over to have a good chuckle. Uh, oh, nice. There's another one on the Chinese, uh, on the Chinese symbol subthread. Uh, someone called Callas tweeted us saying, my friend had ta- a family tattooed in Chinese on his arm uh, around a shield, but it turned out when a colleague translated it, it actually said furniture. So he just oh, <laughs> had furniture oh, in Chinese no, on his arm. No. Amazing. I mean, like, just the word furniture, did it, like, it didn't even translate as DFS or anything like that. Yeah, no. Just straight, straight furniture. Oh, he funny. just loves it's, furniture, um, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Chinese for Offer Must End Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll football with Ladbrooks. Be the boss with Five Aside this summer at Ladbrooks.com. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. Absolutely incredible drama in this Wales game, Dyson. Yeah, amazing. Great save from the Welsh keeper just then. And it looked like Switzerland had taken a late lead, but they were... Denied. By VAR, yeah. Uh, Gravranovic's goal was clearly offside. I don't know why he bothered celebrating, to be honest. It looks fairly fairly clear offside to me. VAR proved it so, and it's still one all. And there are now, we're now into injury time at the end of this game. It could go either way. And again, it is end-to-end. This is why football tournaments are amazing at this level, because... Obviously, we want Wales to win, so your heart's in your mouth. Anyone could have won this, and Switzerland at the moment have got another corner, so they might score. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely incredible. That's a brilliant game, isn't it? It Absolutely great way to start the tournament. It's a great advert for football. Um, (laughs) The problem is I can't concentrate because it's all going on. No, yeah, (gasps) there's five minutes of injury time. Okay, so yeah, there's still four four and a half to go. My poor little heart can't take it. Um, (laughs) And it's not just football, of course. We cover rock and roll on this show. And we've got a brand new pop-up radio station for anyone who's a fan of Noel Gallagher or Oasis. Why wouldn't you be? You can listen to Non-Stop Noel on Absolute Radio Noel. there's an exclusive interview with Bush and Ritchie. Noel picks through uh, th- through the decades. There's no exclusive live tracks. His O2 Ritz Manchester show for Absolute Radio and lots more. Listen to Absolute Radio Noel in the free Absolute Radio mobile app on our website or by asking your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Noel. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Wales living on their nerves here. Can they snatch a winner before the end? Uh, we're asking yeah. you for your body modification fails in honour of Phil Foden dyeing his hair. A very strange shade of s- silver. Yeah, yeah, it's not particularly nice, is it? Uh, we've had a, a tweet from Tara who says, my friend got a tattoo in Roman numerals of the founding date of their club, Watford FC, and the tattooist put 1798, not 1898. <laughs> so, <laughs> 100 years out, unfortunately. The thing is... is- if it, you know if it's one of those really long ones, the ones that like used to be at the end of old BBC things? Yeah, like yeah, like the MX, MCMX. <laughs> and no one knows what they mean anyway, do they? No one's going to figure that out. You'd have to, there'd have to be like a centurion in the ground to go. Yeah. 1798. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, did, I did a similar thing. You know that you used to be able to, I think you still can, design your own Nike Air Max trainers, right? I did one at Nike Town about 10, 15 years ago. And I thought I'd mark Forest European Cup victories on the back. And I put 78 and 79 on the heel. And, yeah, but it was 79 and 80 and I'd got it wrong in the shop and they were just stay, they were there on my trainers ruining my life forever after that but you know what's great about that you can blag that and go oh yeah because we won the league in 78 and 79 was our first European Cup final so ah can, that's true you can yeah. always blag it whereas with 100, Style it out. 100 years out you're like <laughs> yeah, oh yeah that's but true. Watford almost formed 100 years and then there was a whole negotiation that went on and then Elton John formed <laughs> us in 1898 or something like that yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah. the final was oh. gone Dyson it's all over, it's all over, it's finished one all and Wales sort of hanging on at the end really, weren't they? Keeper had a very good game, didn't he? Danny Ward uh, in goal for Wales, Kiefer Moore got their goal, the Cardiff striker with his injured forehead and a big red bit of tape around it. <laughs> Already an iconic image of this Euro 2020 tournament, it's finished one all. For the home nations, this is the first game we've had obviously, it was a thrilling end-to-end game, played like a cup semi-final, it was absolutely superb, Wales looked brilliant. Brilliant. So hopefully they can get out of their group. This single solitary point might be enough because you can finish third and go through. So let's see. Oh, get all excited about England tomorrow now. <laughs> Absolute radio. 
Rock and roll football with Ladbrokes. Be the boss with five aside this summer. Pick your formation and select your players at Ladbrokes.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. Rock and roll football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. It finished Wales 1, Switzerland 1 in that Group A game. A thrilling game of football. Euro 2020 is massively underway now. It's so exciting, Dyson. Oh, it's excellent! Yeah, what a what a game that was! That one, I mean, one all doesn't really tell the full story. It was a very entertaining match. It and was, yeah, indeed. not not long till the England game now, Fordy. Not, not long, long at all for the Croatia tomorrow. I hope you're all excited. Um, now, because Euro 2020 is being hosted across Europe, um, there's no single host nation. I think that's a sad thing, and all of us here at Rock and Roll Football think that's a sad thing. So each week. We're going to be in a separate, uh, in a different, effectively host nation. We're going to rotate it as the tournament develops. And today, in honour of Wales playing their first group game in Baku in Azerbaijan, we come to you effectively live. Traditional music of Azerbaijan is what it says on the computer screen in front of me. I like it. It does. You know that song, Traditional Music of Azerbaijan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a on all our playlists. Yeah. And in order to give ourselves the traditional feel of each host city, of each host country each week, oh, yeah. I've devised a penalty shootout quiz. I'm going to put three facts about Azerbaijan to Matt Dyson. One of them is real, two are false. <sighs> He will choose which one he thinks is real and he will either score this penalty or he will miss it. Oh, nice. So here we go. Fact A. You ready, Dyson? Mm-hmm, I'm ready. In Egypt, it's cats which are sacred, but in Azerbaijan, it's weasels. This ancient belief stretches back to olden times, when the first really? known sighting of a weasel <laughs> is recorded in Baku around 300 BC. An old tapestry depicts weasels as deities, thought to have magical whiskers and x-ray vision. It's also believed that weasels can read the minds of men, and that's why they get so annoyed when they come face to face with us. This holy status does not apply to ferrets, who are loathed across Azerbaijan. The word for ferret literally translates in Azerbaijani as devil rat. <laughs> so, that's fact well, that's number believe, one. It's a believable start. There you go. Fact number two. The capital of Azerbaijan, Baku, is home to a major tourist attraction, the Azerbaijan Carpet Museum. It opened in 2014, which is seven years ago. The museum isn't just full of carpets, it is one. That's right, it's built in the shape of a folded carpet and even features floral designs. And just like a real carpet, it is now slightly stained after years of use. Ironically, the foundations act as an underlay, keeping the building upright, just like it would a carpet. It, ho- it houses the world's largest collection of Azerbaijani carpets. The second largest is thought to be at Carpet, Man- carpet Mania, Croker Street, The Meadows, and Hartley Road Rapid. <laughs> Off on must end Monday. <laughs> so, do you have an idea? Fact number three. If you've heard Azerbaijan's national anthem, and it's not this, and thought it reminds you of a kid's TV show, TV show theme, <laughs> then you're right. It's composed by Dave Cook, who also composed the theme tune to Chuckle Vision. Not only that, he used the same key and chord structure. The Chuckle Brothers were massive in Azerbaijan in the 80s. Their success due to their comedy being so pure, they were one of the few shows that didn't need translating and therefore couldn't be politicised by... By their old Soviet overlords who would add political meaning into other foreign TV shows like Minder and Pigeon Street. <laughs> Just as David Hasselhoff helped pull down the Berlin Wall, the Chuckle Brothers were in Azerbaijan on that fateful day in 1991 as Chucklemania gripped the nation at the exact same time as Azerbaijan declared independence. And if you listen closely, you'll hear that the introduction to the Azerbaijani national anthem goes... Just like the old theme tune. So, which is true? Is it A, that weasels are a sacred animal in Azerbaijan? Is it two, that the Azerbaijan Carpet Museum is in Baku? And not only that, it is literally the shape of a carpet. Or is it three, that Dave Cook, the theme tune composer of Chucklevision, also composed... The theme tune of Azerbaijan. Independence wow. since 1991. 
Wow. Well, I'm thinking, you know, Chucklevision could well be popular in Azerbaijan, but I'm not having the thing, the uh, national anthem going Chucklevision. It's not. Okay, let me just clarify that comment. It's not that. That's how the anthem goes. It's you know, like when we do "God Save the Queen." There's that little da 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 just before it starts. It's almost like the intro. Okay. And if you listen closely right. enough, it does sound a bit like, ja, 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 and then it kicks in. Da, 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 da. Right. Well, regardless, <laughs> I'm going for the carpet museum. He's going carpet museum. He gives the keeper the eyes. Are you sure you're going carpet museum? Yes, I'm sticking to my guns. He scored! He yes! goes to carpet museum. Dyson. Yes. Boom. Wow. Lovely. Oh, oh, my wow. word. Fantastic. So much pressure on the spot kick there, but I drilled it home. There was a lot of pressure there. I mean, on reflection, I think it was possibly clear which one was true and which two were false. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. Weasels as like deities. A... That didn't appeal to you at all as a fact. <laughs> no, I'd have written that off within the first 30 seconds. Uh, okay. But I do, I do like this as a, a new feature. I'm loving the traditional music of Azerbaijan as well. Okay, it, it, because I think we are missing out through not having a proper host nation this year. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't really understand why it's being held all over Europe. It doesn't doesn't add to the excitement in any way. And what better way to honour the countries that are hosting some of these games than a mm. quiz where two facts are false and one is clearly true from the outset? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still, I mean, I, I did think the carpet museum looking like a carpet was quite unbelievable. Cheers, mate. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Now, we've already had an England legend on today's show. We were joined by Sven Joran Eriksson. If you'd like to hear more of that interview, we've got some exclusive bits just on the Rock and Roll Football Podcast that you can download wherever you get your podcasts. Earlier in the week, I was also joined by Rio Ferdinand. We had a brilliant chat. And Rio started off by telling me, what's it like to be in an England camp just before a big tournament starts? Um, they're just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, can't wait to start the tournament. I think everyone's chomping at the bit, really. You've been cooped up in a hotel. Um, this has been on your mind probably since the turn of the year, waiting to try to make, make sure you maintain fitness, that your form's right, that you get picked, and that pressure goes and you're in the squad, and all of a sudden, right, let's get going, let's start, get the first whistle gone. Um, so I'm sure there'll be a bit of anxiety flying about, um, but good energy, nervous energy as well. Um, everyone's ready to rock and roll and get, get, get things going. And how much coaching takes place in an England camp during a tournament? Is it like being with your club? Are you having like goalkeeping sessions if you're a keeper and finishing sessions? How does it vary to club football in that regard? No, no, it'll be very similar. I think if you go to different clubs, even the coaching will be similar, but there'll be different details. And I think with England, it's the same thing. Um, and normally at a tournament and the lead up to a tournament, it's really the most the, the England manager probably gets with these players at any point. Uh, normally it's like a, a five-day, a seven-day, a 10-day maximum um, get-together where this time it's a good few weeks and they'll be in the tournament. And the, the difference is when the tournament starts is there ain't much training for the team, that the players that are playing. Um, a lot of walkthroughs, um, some tactical stuff just walked through, but no high-intensity stuff. And so it's a little, a little bit more difficult to coach. Um, but they'll be talking and, and working on little details and there'll be differences of how they approach different teams. And when you were in the England setup, when you were at Leeds and when you were at Man United, did you think, oh, actually, I got something out of that session that I don't get at my club? Um, were there, are there kind of like extra bonuses in a coaching or a tactical regard to being part of the England setup? Well, I think it's down to the coach. I think it's down to the coaches that are there and the manager. What do they bring to the table? Um, are they enlightening the players with new information, different details that they can add to their game? Um, or as a collective, are they, are they showing the players something different that they've not worked on before? And there was, there's always going to be differences. It's whether they're right, whether they're good or, or they're bad for the individual or the collective team. We reminisce a lot about the tournaments of the 90s in this country, particularly 1990 and 1996. But one of my favourite tournaments was 2002, mm. um, when the kickoffs were really early. Obviously, there were normal times of day for you because you were there. But for us back home, the pubs were open at six in the morning. It was <laughs> such a bizarre summer. And it was a shame we lost to Brazil. But obviously, the Denmark game 
where you score. At that point, I thought we might win this. I was watching it in a pub in Weatherby. And I think you were at Leeds all the time or just left Leeds. It was around that time. People were doing congas in the street. I mean, it's a shame that uh, that we didn't go further in that tournament. But at any point, I mean, in that Denmark game, you must have thought, we might have a crack at this. I didn't even think that far ahead. I just thought, wow, I've scored at a World Cup. Like, there's strikers that have come to a World Cup and not scored. And, and I've scored as a defender. Like, it was just... I was living a dream. And I was just... You, 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 what you do is you imagine after the game what people are doing back home. The pubs. Uh, the, the squares, the, the gatherings and stuff like that. Just And it's just like, we don't get to feel that as the players, but we're very aware of what people are probably up to. Um, obviously, with the pandemic, it's going to be a little bit more controlled and different, but you still get an understanding of what it's about. And that's the great thing about the semi-final and final being here in England. If we get to the semi-finals, this place will be crazy. Do you know what I mean? I was in the Euro 96 squad. I, was, I wasn't in the squad, but I got lucky enough to be a part of it and travel as a young kid and train with them for the Scotland and the Netherlands games and traveling through the streets to Wembley from the hotel at Vernon beaches and see the streets lined with fans with flags and the well wishes. It was just a moment that will live with me forever because it just, you just see the fans and what it means and the morale. And obviously with a pandemic, what we've had over the last year and, and a bit more, there's nothing better than, a, than an England team doing well to raise the morale of the country. And you've seen different England camps. Obviously, you're, you're on the, the outskirts of the 96 squad. You saw what it was like to be part of that. From the outside, it looked like there was a good team spirit, that it was collegiate and cohesive. Obviously, you've spoken about before, a brilliant interview, I think it was on BT Sport, about the divisions in the changing room at your time when you then became one of the senior pros in the England setup mm. and the divide along club lines of Man United, Chelsea and Liverpool. When you look at the England squad now, and obviously you're, you're, you know them better than we do, but you're, you're not inside the camp, as it were, do you think it's more closer to that 96 spirit or, or, or is there a danger that there are divisions uh, along club uh, lines? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll make you right. You hit on the nail on the head there. I think that I'll probably align them to the 96 squad. I think they're a lot more friends in this group, a lot more um, relationships that have been built over time, uh, coming through the youth system together with England and stuff. And, and, Social media is a big, big part of it as well. They, they talk to each other on social media. You know what it's like. You speak to someone on social media. When you meet them, you think you know them. Yeah. So, um, it's very different to my generation, where there's a lot of, as you say, the, the kind of, there was, there was a bit of a barrier because, because of the club rivalries and we were all fighting on all fronts to win the same trophies. So we carried that into the England squad and it wasn't probably to a detriment of the England team. But I think this is very different. I, I, I like the atmosphere that I see. I like the vibe that I see with these guys. Um, and that'll, that'll hold them in good stead, I think. And do you think that will make a difference to the performance? Because obviously the generation you were part of, the so-called golden generation, so many talented individuals. And as a fan now, I look at this England team and think, well, it's another great cohort of individuals, but if it doesn't come together as a unit, it's important to effectively be friends and to have the atmosphere in the camp. And, and would that make a difference? Are you more likely to get to the final of a competition with that spirit than not? Yeah, I think when times are needed, when you need to draw together, um, when you know each other and you respect each other and you 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 have got that that connection, I think it, in certain situations it helps. I don't think it's absolutely needed because we know there's been history of players that haven't got along. But I think if you get a, a number of players that aren't as close as you, you'd like your team to be, then I think it can create problems, as we saw with my generation. But I don't foresee that being a problem with this generation. And what were your personal highlights playing for England? I mean, obviously, I mentioned the Denmark game. That was just ballistic that summer. And it was a shame we didn't go further. But was that your highlight? Yeah, I think playing in the 2002 World Cup was probably my best moment. Um, uh, the Argentina game being one of the games of standout performances. In that an was amazing, shirt. yeah. It's Batistuta, the great Argentinian goal yeah. scorer. But also the 5-1 when we won away in Germany was a big result because of the rivalry, but yeah, weren't too many great, great memories, but some, a, lot, a lot of good ones. Oh, they were fantastic. And there was a, at the time, and it was obviously kind of pre-social media, but it was, it was definitely the internet was big. So much of the focus around England at the time was about uh, the wags and are they allowed in the camp and aren't they? And all that sort of thing. Like, does that stuff make any difference to players? Is it, what's the best way to handle the family and the personal side? Um, it's, it's a tricky situation, mate, because, yeah, you want the players to have some normality from, from seeing family and stuff, but 
at the same time you think, right, a month out of your life to win a, a World Cup or to win a Euros, it ain't that much, is it? Um, and then on the other hand, I always think that if you go into the England cap, you, uh, uh, if I was a manager, I'd try and make things as normal as possible. Because what happens normally is you go into a camp and you're in a bubble and you, you go to breakfast, you go to training, you come home from training and you probably spend eight hours in your room. Oh, you know what I mean? Wow. Or six hours in your room. You might go out and play a bit of pool or whatever, but you spend six or so hours in the, in the, in the room. That doesn't happen when you're at home. You don't do that. You don't sit in your room for six hours, never. So there are things that aren't normal that can alter things in, the, in your movements and the way you play just based on little details like that. So all these things are thought of, I'm sure now. That's, I bet that, is that why they're all getting obsessed with computer games now, like Fortnite, just to kill that time? No, we, we, were, we were obsessed with, with computer games as well, so it's no different, just different type of games. Um, now you're part of the Ban the Bland campaign, uh, roasting the nation for its most boring snacks. Yes. So what, what, are, what are the worst and best snacks for, for watching football with? Well, myself and Pepperami came together and we kind of tried to find it. If you go on their Instagram page, Pepperami TV, you better watch it. It's quite funny, just me tasting some of the worst snacks in this country. And I think um, we come across one called the Wigan Kebab. I don't know if you've heard of it. It was, it was a, a disgrace. It was, it well, was, it sounds great. Is that a balm, bit of bread with a pie in the middle? <gasps> Oh, it sounds brilliant. No, you can't be you lying. Please tell me. That. <laughs> That's right on my street, genuinely. Oh, I would love that. You, and a snack's meant to be quite like, you don't want it to be like messy, do you? Like you sit there. That's why we created this thing called the Snack Alien where you can put your snacks in different compartments within the stadium and you can pick it out. Because when you, you know when you watch a game, you, you, you pick at your snacks blind, don't you? You just oh, put man. your hand in just and you put so it in your much. mouth. You can't have mess. So that's why we created the Snack Alien. Brilliant. It's a genius move. So, but is this because my favourite pepperoni is the 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 spicy one? Uh, I don't go for that. I like the I like the the chicken bites. Oh, nice bit of protein makes you feel like you're being ultra healthy as well. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love the fact you've approached it like an athlete. Yeah, but then because I've got to have the right balance. Because obviously, on the other hand, I've got a bit of chocolate sitting on my left, and in front of me, I've got some crisps as well to balance it out. Yeah, and you have to think about what goes with the drink. So, what drink are you having with that? Mm. when it's the chocolate part I do normally like to have a bit of a cup of tea yes if I'm I'm at a game I need to stay lively I have a bit of coffee Um, and obviously I like I'm quite a healthy eater a lot of the time as well I like the balance so I keep a bit of water nearby as well I mean I think people are now going to be sat at home with this kind of um, (laughs) Rio Ferdinand style crescent in front of them of tea Look, chocolate. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a picture when I'm at the Euros, right? And I'm going to show you my setup. Are those yes! Not, it's not a muck about. It's ain't a joke. I don't... I take <laughs> oh, Rio, you've, you've helped the country in ways you'll never be able to understand. That is... Uh, you've done us a great service. One final question. Is it coming home? I never like to kind of put that pressure on the boys. I've been there when people are telling us it's coming home and, it, and it's... it's it's pressure you don't need. I think these boys are, I can't wait for them to be unleashed, especially the attacking players. Um, get out of the group and then see what our route to the final looks like and I'll give you a better answer then. Amazing. Rio, this has been an absolute treat. Thank you so much. Top man, mate. Take care, mate. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye, bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Well, it finished 1-1 for Wales. England play tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight, Dyson. Oh. I believe you're going to Wembley. <laughs> I forgot to page you up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, you're still giddy. It's because you're so giddy with excitement. Like a child on Christmas Eve, aren't it you? It is. And as, as people know... Ken's got gout. And I haven't had a lager since November, but tomorrow yeah. I'm having oh. my first beer of 2021. What a special day in every sense. Amazing. It will have been 200 days of hurt. Uh, and oh. in my case, literal hurt. Gout is yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, no, it's horrible. It sounds awful. You really suffered with it. But what's going to be there? What's the drink going to be? That, that first one to touch your lips. 
Well, as you know, I really like Holston pills, so I'm taking yes. a can of that. Old school. Um, just oh, yeah, for the train. Smuggle oh, it in. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever's legal anyway. I'll drink it legally either before He's brown bagging it on the train. He's very nice. It. <laughs> he's, got, he's only got a bag bagged it. That sounds yeah. like that's rhyming slang. <laughs> brown bagging, yeah. He's brown I tried bagging to think it. what it means. <laughs> Let's not guess. Let's not guess live on it. Um, but then in the ground, of course, thanks to our sponsors, UEFA. Hi, Heineken is the only beer on set. Ah, of course, yeah. So I will glad. I mean, I'd drink anything. To be quite honest, I'm just so looking yeah. forward to oh. um, the uh, the first drink, which uh, you know will be great. But it's going to be special. Wales off to a draw and played very well. England tomorrow, Scotland Monday. Dyson, I've got That's... one final question for you: Is yeah. it coming home? Fordy, I think it might be. <laughs> Oh my word, Sven Joran Eriksson, Rio Ferdinand and a grandstand finish for the Welsh in their opening group game of Euro 2020 at the point that this is being dropped uploaded on the internet <laughs> what happens yeah. to a podcast drop drop well yeah. it gets dropped yeah then you download it at home and then or you stream it you know do it whichever way you want to do it the problem is in olden times <laughs> dropped was a bad thing it was like oh if you were dropped yeah. you were let go you were sacked basically yeah. but now yeah. dropped is a good thing it means it's been yeah uh, we've come full circle on the word drop haven't we yeah we have yeah mm. it's one of those words like bonk when my mum says oh we had the word first it didn't used to mean that back then. Uh, if I said, bonk oh, on the head. Bonk yeah. on the head. Yeah, well, exactly. Now, yeah. I mean, a, a bonk on the head is the sort of thing that private moments would get up to. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention him again. He did get bonked on the head while serving in the army. And that's why private moments. He gave someone a bonk on the head, and that's why. <laughs> That's why you get checked That's out. That's why just to leave. Oh. Well, it, we're so glad to be back for the Euros because it's so thrilling to have England, Scotland and Wales there. So we will follow that emotional journey over the coming weeks. Hopefully all the home nations do well. And every twist and turn will be covered every weekend, Dyson. So exciting. It's really starting to feel like it really is. It's underway now. Do you know what I mean? Let's see how we feel next. Let's see how everyone on this little island feels next weekend when we've all played two games and we have Mm. a better idea about whether it is or isn't coming home, home or whatever the Welsh equivalent is. Yeah, nice, yeah. See you next week. Enjoy Wembley. Cheers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'll be at Wembley for both games, so I'll be able to give you a, a full report. Although you'll have a better view of it because you'll be watching it on telly. Yes, that's true. So we'll have all angles covered, I suppose. Yeah, good. See you next week. Bye. Rock and roll football. Podcast done.